Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Genesis Block. Today we're joined by Adam Halfcott, who is the uh, founder of Balance, which is a, a data infrastructure company. And um, yeah, before we get started and introduce Adam and uh, Valence and all the cool things they're doing, just a bit of a recap on Genesis Block. Um, so yeah, we haven't been with you uh, in a little while, but uh, yeah, this is another episode in our uh, interview series where we interview founders, investors, and operators from across the Web3 space um, and try to understand what motivates them, what their products are all about, uh, what their histories are, why they're into the space, and, and just learn a little bit about them and the companies that they've founded and, and, and are working on. Um, and yeah, in, in general, um, great to have you here in the podcast, Adam, and, and thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Adam. Uh, I'm super grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, just to, just to kick it off, uh, you know, can, can you start by telling us a bit about your background, um, your journey as an entrepreneur, um, and, you know, leading up to the, the founding of Vail? Uh, sure. So I'm, um, uh, yeah, I've been founding companies since, uh, I guess, I know I'm, I'm, uh, in the second generation now. Um, yeah, like first company I started in 1999, I was like, uh, uh, like photo news and email for summer camps, you know, and I kind of got learned a bunch of things from that wound up selling that company but the m number one thing i learned from that is uh you know it's if you can avoid it don't don't pick small markets you know um even even though the products are really cool but that was a really great learning experience for me um there and uh from then on um you know built a, built a few other companies one in, in fashion tech called lookbooks.com um another smaller market but larger than summer camp and uh that was a lot of fun too and it was around the the middle of that company, I guess, when um, you know I saw you know a Reddit post about Bitcoin back in you know like you know first you know hundred days of of the token and and uh, you know and the, and the the technology behind it really caught my eye. Um, but I was like so busy building my company, I didn't really have a didn't really have the time to go set up miners and do all that kind of stuff. Just I was like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow, do that tomorrow, and you know I wish I did it that day, of course. Um, but you know, it's, it's stuck with me and, uh, and just been kind of been, been, been playing around, you know, since the really early days. Um, and like, I actually learned about trading, um, you know, didn't learn on the stock market first. I learned in the, in the crypto markets first and, uh, you know, it was really, you know, in writing code and arbitraging between all the exchanges and things like that. And, you know, it was a real interesting, fun time that, you know, went by really quick. Um, and, uh, and, you know, after selling lookbooks, um, you know, I wanted to, uh, Build a company that um, incorporated this like new database technology, the, the distributed ledger, and um, you know, and and before that, you know, I got to work as a consultant with a, at a bunch of firms that you know are still still in play now, and it was right around the time of the Ethereum ICO and things like that, and like I just remember these conversations like, oh, do we build on this new thing ETH or you know use one of these other things and things like that, and uh, yeah, it was just so different but also so the same, um, yep. you know, of, of this. Basically, have a technology that's just not that's really really promising, um, but the use cases to actually leverage what like a public mainnet is aren't quite there yet from like a society point of view yet. You know, like like uh, like cu culture hasn't quite moved moved there. You know, and I think in this like post COVID world we're in, I think we're we're approaching those times. And um, 
you know, and that's, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, so I, I built an ad tech company called Mad Hive, and initially uh, the idea was to, you know, kind of redefine the ad tech ecosystem with um, using using blockchain to like reduce fraud and this and this and all these kind of things. And, you know, my biggest learning from that is uh, major, major enterprises, public companies aren't really, you know, ready to disrupt the whole entire supply chain, you know, even with all the benefits because of the momentum and, you know, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of, of, um, I guess, like, uh, bureaucracy and just all the players involved, like, like, you know, moving those things to a new process is really, really hard. And so, you know, at Madhive, we adopted a lot of the ideas in our internal technology, um, that cre created great efficiency, you know, but, but getting, uh, you know, like major corporations and media networks to, you know, do things on a tokenized network, you know, not, not quite ready for that, just from a regulatory point of view. Um, and that leads uh, to where, where um, you know, I'm working on now, um, which has taken a little while to kind of really tune the idea. But in all the companies I've built have always been around kind of a, the idea of like a value attribution, right? Like, can, you know, if I, if I generate a lead for Y and, and, and Y winds up not being able to use that lead, I still have a ton of data around that, 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 that you know, that opportunity that could be used somewhere else. And there's really no really great markets for those types of opportunities, right? Like I can't, um, and a lot of that data just kind of goes to waste and it just becomes a cost center in companies when it really could be a, uh, you know, a profit center. And there's really just no, there with, with blockchain, there is a, a solution for, for, for understanding the provenance and then, and data verification. And then there's really a lack of tooling on the value attribution side in a really, really simple way. Um, and so what we're looking for at Valence are uh, like markets and and companies and that are very very large that are very very established that have very very high uh, like competition and product development you know so like healthcare drug discovery things like that is a is a really big major one where you know the things like bureaucracy and the stuff I mentioned in the past really don't apply because there's such high competition that if someone gets an edge it'll be used. Um, because the the payoffs are in, you know in the multi billions, especially things like if I can speed up the the uh, the time it takes for an FDA approval for a new drug, I might be able to beat beat out the, the patent time, and now a life saving cure for some rare disease that wasn't being able to brought to market from a financial risk point of view can be brought brought you know like and so those are the problems where you know in the technology we're looking to solve is that can we um, you know onboard data with our marketplace partners. Like, so it's basically, we have like data partners and marketplaces that exchange, you know, large amounts of data. Um, and, uh, and, and there's a lot of data that isn't really in these networks now, like, um, like from a drug, drug discovery point of view, there's mm -hmm. all that stuff of the, uh, that are just lost on the kind of the cutting room floor because it's really hard to monetize it. We, we've like figured out a way to basically like to value the training data for machine learning models and especially in the context of, of federated data networks and allow the, the trading and transactions of very high fidelity, high quality data in a, in a longitudinal way over time um, and basically trade like enterprise value of the product being developed for access to that data from a supplier. And our, our product is simply the tool that allows an existing marketplace to do that so they can onboard more data and facilitate more transactions. And so it's kind of like the, you know, like what like PayPal is to like eBay. Um, we're kind of like that for 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 data networks um, and to, to increase velocity. 
so so just to to um because that and that was great that was uh, quite a lot so just to unpack a little bit of that um so yeah. before we we go on to um valence a little bit more and 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 try to break down some of those terms and and some of what exactly you know you're trying to achieve with valence i think um what, what uh, a question that i had as a follow up was you know um a, a couple of things so the first one would be just in your experience what, what exactly drew you to um the technology behind bitcoin right like to distributed ledger technology to distributed systems what what about it excited you why did you think uh, from the get go that this is something that uh, you thought was extremely promising and and could revolutionize things and secondly um you know you mentioned obviously a lot around um, how benefits can uh, that there are a lot of benefits but it's very difficult to align an ecosystem to actually realize those benefits um due to entrenched interests due to uh you know old ways of doing things um and you know personally i've seen that quite a lot as well um in some of the areas that that we're trying to disrupt and you know wanted to get your perspective on what exactly were those issues that you saw and 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 how, how do you think ecosystems can get aligned to actually realize these benefits in a um in a more harmonious way Sure. So answer your first question on like, you know, why is Bitcoin great? Um, you know, and and uh you know, is this, you know, is that, you know, is the the you know, reading the white paper and understanding that the solving of the Byzantine the 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 the, the Byzantine generals problem is um fascinating, right? That that yeah. actually got done and that we can like now have this like ledger that no one really controls. Um and uh, you know, it, it took me years looking back to really understand the the implications and what to ha how it works and like why it's important you know i had the the instinct that it was important that you know like it's like every time there's a new database technology that gets invented like the amount of products that get created once that once that is understood is is pretty incredible like all throughout human history you know before before computers um and you know post you know post the invention and uh you know we have like like the idea of of SQL databases, you know, gave us the modern internet. The idea of like key value store databases gave us um, the ability to have, you know, like products like Instagram and you know everything else that like basically you know allow this like high speed access. And um, now, you know, like having this like this distributed ledger technology uh, is like what 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 products can be developed with that that can't be developed, you know, on a thing like a SQL and things like that. And and generally, um, you know, it's these trustless applications. You know, we've been seeing the books and the blogs and everything that we've been doing for, you know, many many years now about like these, you know, like permissionless and trustless and blah blah blah. But what does that actually mean in product? Like what like of like you know people using it, right? And so, um, you know, I think like the Bitcoin as a as a you know a money transportation network, um, you know, is is amazing. And like I really believe in that that something like that will be. The future um, is, you know, like basically instant settlement at, at this very large scale, um, and uh, you know, and I just like know in my heart that that's that that this technology is a breakthrough and it's important. Um, how it gets implemented and when it gets implemented at some sort of scale that's outside of the speculative bubble that you know crypto is largely in, you know, is is up to um, you know like founders and, and risk takers actually like trying to push things out there, you know, and with what's really interesting is that because of the decentralized nature is that it's, um, you know, it's like, there's a lot of like hype around there the same way there was like the, the dot-com hype in the, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, that kind of is distributed in this like global scale at these like smaller levels. 
but there's a lot of like noise and uh and there's a lot of money and the, and that and that kind of like disrupts you know progress in a lot of ways so it's like during these like kind of crypto winters when a lot of work gets done and i know it's like a little bit of a cliche at this point in our third fourth one that we're in but it's really true you know yeah. like like with people that really believe in the tech that there really is no get rich with there's no really no way to get rich quick right now but like let's build you know and like uh and that's when cool stuff happens um and uh you know what what i've really seen in uh you know in, in building building companies is that you know like if the like it's like that old steve jobs quote if the product's not 10x better it's not gonna like no one's gonna adopt it you know and so yeah, well, many, many, many ideas have been using crypto behind the scenes that are like incrementally better than currently. It's not that much better where it's like worth changing everything, yeah. you know, and uh, maybe over time it, it will be, you know, and I think these things are being implemented like slowly to a degree. But what really what I've seen is that many, many companies all have like a test budget to like implement, um, you know, like some sort of crypto thing so they can write the, they can write the news article during a boom and get a bump in their stock price, wherever it is. Um, but it really gets no traction beyond that. And, uh, you know, so it's, you know, always been a, I've, you know, like everything I've really done, I was like, always try not to get into the innovation buckets at these, at these companies to like, to try things because that kind of just leads into a black hole of nothingness. And, um, yeah. And so like, let's, let's build real things, you know? So. Oh, and yeah, no, I, I, I want to come back to that point later around, uh, you know, people building in this market. And I think, yeah, like it, it is a cliche, but it is actually true based on a lot of the things that I've been seeing as well. And I've been, a, and, you know, um, on this podcast as well, we're very real proponents of um, building products that people actually use and that actually improve things um, in a, they're a step change improvement, right? Um, so it'd be great later on to get your opinion on some of the cool things that you think have been built during this cycle, um, if you have any. But um, yeah, b b before we do that, I think, uh, it's, uh, you know, let, let's turn to Valence and let's turn to some of the problems that, um, you know, Valence is solving. So, you know, you're, you're saying, uh, so Valence is described as a, a data infrastructure company. Um, so, you know, just trying to, um, you know, piece that out. What, what exactly does that mean? What is Valence attempting to do? Um, and, you know, would you be able to describe Valence's model and, and business model as well um, to, to our listeners? Yeah. Um, so... You know, we're, we're actually not trying to, I'm not trying to like rebuild something that currently exists. I'm trying to enable something that seems obvious that's been fairly impossible um, because of just, you know, like just, it just hasn't been done yet at scale. And partly that's because, you know, te technology like, you know, a, a mainnet hasn't really existed yet to like facilitate trust across large, large network of players. Um, technology up until, you know, past five years or so has been like too expensive to implement, but you know, and and product development at you know at at major corporations that need um, massive amounts of high fidelity data to create products that consumers or businesses need. There hasn't been there hasn't been a need for that. Like it's like the the bar has been pretty low to a degree for a long time. And you know, and I think we're at a at a point now. You know, in in business cycle, or I don't really know what the right word is, but essentially we're at a point now where you know, like like the demand for high quality products that are very very high fidelity that like are very personalized is kind of here um and and i think it's largely uh you know brought on by you know like the you know major internet corporations you know like products like instagram and all these things we have these algorithms and news feeds everything's like customized and personalized to me and 
you know, yet like you go to a, you go to like a, you know, a, a healthcare provider or you go to the, the, the aisle in a, in a drugstore, you know, and there's two options, right? Like, and this is just very sim simplistic. We're not trying to disrupt this industry exactly, but it's like, I go into the store and I can buy children's Tylenol or adult Tylenol. And it doesn't matter how much I weigh. It doesn't matter anything like that. It's just like, and it's like, it would be like the same thing as like going into a shoe store and saying, okay, you can buy small or large and like, and that's it, you know? And yeah. You know, and, like, and the reality is we all have very different uh, genomes. We have very different, you know, expressions of those genomes based on the food we eat and exercise we do and things like that. And so all that data information, um, you know, about who I am and what makes me, what makes me, me, uh, is not really used in the decisioning today for like prescription medicine or even developing of drugs, you know, and, and, and we believe in the future, um, it'd be highly profitable for you know, a, a biotech company to use that information at scale in order to produce better products and create better profits for their, you know, for their shareholders. And, uh, you know, and, and that like now is the time and we, we see that happening, um, you know, and you, you see companies like Pfizer and other ones like trying to create these like data aggreg aggregator plays where they can get a lot more consumer data. And the other interesting thing is for personalized medicine to get FDA approval, that's basically personalized on your genome, the amount of data required for FDA approval, like, is like, goes up by like a thousand X, you know, it's okay. like, it's, if I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, testing a drug for like allele XYZ, um, you know, now I need to test like a lot more data in order to like yeah. prove the FDA that this is like that. And so the requirements for data um, are immense, but the access to, to clinical trial data to produce those things has not changed. And so there's an opportunity now to kind of, um, uh, you know, basically like build, build, build a, a mechanism to allow access to this data, which does exist. Like the, all this information is out there. Just, it's just decentralized in places that are not aggregated yet. And so, you know, valence is basically building a, like a network of networks where we can like value this data, not in the context of like how much money is this data worth, but what is the, um, the, like this data, I have a question. I have, I have a question for data sets across multiple, multiple data sets and the, the contextual value that data to that question, um, might produce a, a different result from another question. And so if I'm asking the data for, you know, a whole bunch of people with this, with this genome and with, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other things, let's say they have like one of these things on and things like that. If I contextualize all that all that information together, um, and I might be able to get a footprint for a clinical trial study, you know, just with with a single query, and where I would, might would have, might have spent five hundred million dollars doing that myself, putting it all together, and taking three years to do it, can I do it with a single query and offer that five hundred million dollars to to the data network itself or the data producers and creating great incentives to kind of get higher fidelity data to solve these problems. But the main problem is today is that that's very, that would be done very, very by hand. Um, mm -hmm. And you, that doesn't scale. And so, you know, we're, we're producing technology that allows, um, basically allows the valuation of the data in the context of a question being asked. Um, and, and basically, and then the pricing of that data um, happen inside existing data uh, marketplaces to happen. We also believe that the future of these data networks are going to be a, a, in a federated model where the data can't leave the, the like on prem and people don't want it to for privacy HIPAA. Um, there's, yeah. there's regulatory for sharing to happen. There's really no technology that does that at scale yet, and so 
you know, we, we believe in the future, it'll be weird not to have data shared um, in this privacy com compliant way. People will be opting out of that. And, and it'll just be kind of normal as everything is kind of federated and which is basically another, you know, like, a, a, you know, Bitcoin is federated, if you think about it, right? And that way they are just, we use a different word for it. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what we see is that we're building basically like a, an infrastructure element for these large data networks um, to uh, um, give incentive for, uh, you know, for, to, to basically like log, put all your data into these networks in order to see if it's valuable on, on the other side. And that, you know, like for a company, you know, like one of the, like a Fitbit type company or any of those kind of things, there might be hundreds of millions of dollars of, of, of new revenue that, that, that is, is not realized that they didn't even know is realized by just plugging into these things in a privacy compliant way, you know? And so okay. that's, that's going on. Perfect. Yeah. So I think there's quite, quite a lot to dig in there as well. So, um, yeah. So, uh, firstly, the question I would have is where, um, are you sourcing all of this data from and and when you're saying you know it's held in these large data networks how exactly are these are these data net networks constructed in you know so I'm, I'm assuming that they're constructed in a decentralized manner so you have many different okay. kinds of data networks that you tap into um how is that data held um is it on-prem um likely and is it um and and also how uh, do you maintain the privacy of that data um and i think i have a uh, I have a, a bit of an understanding of how you potentially do that, but I want to I want to hear it from you first, and then we can explore this a little bit more. Sure. So you know we've been developing a, a blockchain behind the scenes called Alice. That's essentially a uh, it's like a the way I like to describe it is like how how do I like map like the real like reality onto an onto a network as like high fidelity as possible, and so and that's a lot, a lot of it's like metadata, like the permissions and the way I think mm -hmm. about it and the way I think about. It things and, and memberships and things like that so we have this like methodology for um like like mapping a large like control structure onto this like distributed network this like tokenized network that we have which is basically a big key value store with this like privacy layer permission layer on top of it that's um you know that's pretty it's very fast and it's, you know, interesting how it all works uh we're not storing the data ourselves we're storing the information about how the data could be accessed and um, and received and things like that. And we're tapping into existing data networks that exist and existing data stores. So like, well, so we have connectors into Google Cloud, Azure, all those kind of things there. And then the existing uh, data marketplaces that exist at an infrastructure level, whether it's like a Databricks or Snowflake or companies like that, where, you know, we're just sitting in those marketplaces. So like companies that are already using those things can just kind of click a button and kind of like valenceify their data set. And kind of make it available in 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 a way where with while removing all the you know like uh, any PII type things stuff like that, and you know and we're looking at it mostly from a from a machine learning point of view, right? So for like a, like for for training data, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's a whole nether space as well in this like you know in the AI revolution we're in now as well. You know, as you know, as as you know, companies are getting getting privy to the fact that their data is being scraped and used to produce large amounts of revenue in these AI models, there's two things that will happen. One is like, you know, a company like Reddit will do a deal with, you know, OpenAI and say, no, like, we're the only LLM that can scrape your data and period, and that's it. And they'll pay, you know, you know, $200 million a year for that. Or can there be a, a gate in front of that where all that data can be scraped, but then every time that questions are being asked of the models, if the Reddit data is 
actually influencing the, the answers of those things at a, at a, at a very high percentage. Um, should a should a large amount of the revenue produced at the A company go to Reddit, for example, and so yeah. you know our technology could essentially um, allow the those types of high fidelity um, transactions to happen at scale. Um, you know, so that's kind of how we look at it. And and how how exactly are those uh, transactions enabled by uh, by valence? And also, you know, you you mentioned that there's a privacy layer on top of the data. Um, do, do you mind diving a little bit more into how that works? Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, beh behind the scenes, uh, you know, like we're, we use, you know, basically all the, the, tip, the typical, like, like building blocks in the, in the crypto networks, you know, of, of like, you know, like basically all, all the, the privacy preserving, you know, features that are coming out there from the point of view of um, uh, it's changing constantly, you know, in, internally. So I don't want to like say the wrong, the wrong thing here, but basically, you know, uh, uh, basically, it, like uh, all the things that that are in the existing crypto land that that people use, we, we're using as well. Whether it's like the zk snark technology and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, but I I can send you guys a link afterwards of how. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, no, just just uh, wanted to ask that because you know got experience in analyzing ocean protocol and um and, and stuff as well. And I think you know ocean is also a data marketplace and it's got a component of um where data can be accessed through confidential compute um for to train specific AI models where you have private data that you don't want to give away, right? So I think that it kind of overlaps a little bit. Um obviously like uh, they so haven't been yeah they haven't been able to do it at scale. Um and and some and in my opinion their model is kind of hamstrung a little bit by the fact that you have to use crypto tokens to access all of this stuff, um, which I don't think should be the case. And I think that the way to do it correctly is to actually make it as simple a user experience as possible, which is abstracting away all the token stuff, um, which you don't really need. Um, right. So there's a there's a lot of crypto elements in in how Ocean Protocol does it, but I think the overall idea is fantastic, right? Like you need a lot of um data and a lot and, and the and the set of public data that you have available um, to train these AI models with is shrinking and all and, and now these model these LLMs will only be improved by training them with specific um with with specific private data. Um uh, and and you know it's it's a win-win in, in, in both ways, right? In if you if you're getting paid for the use of your data to train these models by some of these companies, for example. Um, but yeah, like in 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 that context, um, you know, wanted to understand a little bit about how how you guys are positioning yourselves. Yeah, so okay, we're, we're not we, we're just this like valuation attribution mechanism that allows like the to understand the the the, the context of the data involved in a query, right? And so you know we're building like like query adapters, um, you know, like we're basically where we're sitting like you know inside inside of the different machine learning models and things like that, where we can kind of kind of kind of see the mechanics of things that are happening, so that we can then. Push this out, build, building out standards for this with with other groups um, and partners of that on the healthcare side, so that there's like a systematic methodology that can be audited and things like that. We're not trying to like be the place where everybody uploads the data. We're more yeah. like um, kind of like it would be, you know, like a company like uh, what's it called, like um, you know, like, like a new relic or something like that that like that mo that monitors data. Like they're not trying to replace Google Cloud. They're just saying, let us tell you the health of your network in Google Cloud. Yeah. You know, or we're kind of like like that. Like, what's the health? You're of a framework your data? for. Yeah. Exactly. You're a framework and for assessing then, these things. Assessing the same, but also from a measurement point of view as well. So, uh, coming from like the TV, you know, ad tech world, I kind of see us as like a new relic plus Nielsen, you know, for for data, like a 
and that we're like, yeah. like we can measure the quality of your data over time, who's the audience, what happens, things like that, so that it could be like priced on the buy sell side appropriately to increase velocity of transactions. And I, um, I, yeah, so you're a foundation layer so in, in, in many of these marketplaces. None of that's crypto, if you will, except our yeah, underlying yeah. data structure is on a public mainnet, which doesn't need to be on a public mainnet. I just believe in three to five years at scale, if it's not on a public mainnet, there'll be a whole another problem of getting people to wonder um, if the system's being gamed or not. And it needs to be, yeah. be able to be audited really yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, it's a it's a bit of a no regrets uh, tech choice essentially that you made and that's brought you into this entire world. Um. But yeah. but essentially, um. Yeah. Like, so what I want to understand is then on top of you know so so you're a foundation layer for actually valuing and attributing this data. How are um so so for example, if machine learning uh, models need to be trained on this data, how do they find the data um that is most suited for their purposes? Um, to be trained on, like for example, you know, it, it, how do you how do you search for this data? How do you know where it is? How do you access it? Um, it's a really good question because um, that's not because uh, and it's been it's been hard. Like so, I, like another thing I've learned, you know, founding companies is that like my prior mo is, you know, let me keep as big most optionality as possible as like I figure out a a uh, you know a business model things like that I can like pivot in any direction, and you know I'm taking a bet here that I'm, I'm very certain the world is going to like move in this direction because I don't really see any other way. So I'm actually taking the approach here. Let me see how small I can like make our product and make it really, really um, like as like hardcore and as, as like best as possible, as fast as possible. And, uh, and so we're actually not doing that part. What yep. we're doing is tooling to companies that already do that. So there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, existing data marketplaces in the enterprise world, especially in healthcare, that um, already do that by hand, by algorithm, by other things, and and like we're providing methodologies for them to like you know increase the velocity of their own discovery of that, so they can like run models on the data at large, then present opportunities to the buy side, saying, hey, like you can increase the confidence score of you know the, these questions. If you like onboard this data, this is probably how much it's going to cost. Um, and here's like the proof of that, you know. And like we're just providing like the raw tooling to let other companies make money with make money because we exist. Yeah. So I guess like um, you're in a unique position in this case because because if you're valuing and attributing the data, you kind of know what the data is and where it is. Um, so you kind of have a database of data. Um, if I could, exactly. uh, we're like a network that. of networks. Yeah. Like, like behind means like that's kind of like our you know, uh, um, you know, our, our, our investing pitch is that we're like, a, uh, you know, we're building a network of networks here, you know, that could, that we could facilitate a marketplace of marketplaces and, and, and facilitate exchange, like a uh, data exchange between exchanges of sorts, kind of like, you know, what I've seen happen in the crypto world as well, behind the scenes on all these smaller exchanges, they kind of all trade liquidity with each other, kind of the yeah. same kind of way. And yeah, so just if I, if I could boil that down, right, like, so your structure would essentially be, um, you are providing access to um, this, this database of data. Um, and, you know, you, you essentially know, okay, there's uh, different kinds of data according to the, the, the use cases for so healthcare and, I don't know, financial services and other kinds of private um, data. And uh, what people can do is build bespoke marketplaces on top of those um, 
that uh, th that utilize that underlying data structure and because it's public because it's a mainnet then um, you actually know you know it, it's it's much easier to build lego blocks on top of those um, and those lego blocks which you build are those marketplaces um, and and the way value accrues to you and um, you know I am just uh, trying to give that out the way value the way value used to use every time people use um your services you get you know a microtransaction or something like that um when uh you know when when your underlying data store is accessed yeah yeah we're we're we think we we're in the again we'll see what happens in production but uh we believe we have a right to be in the transaction flow itself um you know and, yeah. and have a piece of them, themselves because we're facilitating that and so, you know, whether it's a, you know, a quarter point to a point to two, I, I don't know yet, you know, what the market will facilitate and what, and that'll probably be variable depending on the work. I think there's gonna be a lot of human element in the beginning, like, fig like figuring out like how all this stuff kind of melds together. Um, just the goal here is to kind of like, like get it to a point where it can be repeatable and, and at scale, because we think it's needed, I, you know, in, in healthcare, I think it'll like save lives in, down the future and in, uh, and and in other industries um you know facilitate a higher quality product for consumers so cool and and uh yeah so just to you know uh contextualize this a little bit more right so i think that the the broader theme of what you what valence is trying to do and the 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 space that it's playing in is and and correct me if i'm wrong but it's essentially pinning on um the fact that you know there is a wealth of private data out there that people and models would want access to, and you're trying to essentially smooth the road and smooth the path towards um, these models and these these entities gaining access to that data in as transparent um, a, a manner as possible. Yeah, exactly. Like 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 a you know a large you know data aggregator or, co or consumer company or similar that has sitting on a trove of data. Um, you know what what makes it worth their while. To spend product development time to like onboard onboard this is it fifty million, hundred million, a billion dollars a year? I'm not really sure. It probably depends on the company, um, but we believe most likely that you know the, the if it positioned correctly, that that money is available to onboard the data. So it's not just existing private data sets, but it's to kind of to network everything that already exists. Um, you know, in in order to this to to create that like low friction. Okay, and and, and how do you plan on you know sourcing? these th this data how do you plan on like what's the essentially i would say what's the sales plan right like how do you plan on building your funnel um and 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 you know uh, so, so that's one question and the second one would be it'd be great you know just to put this bring this to life a little bit if you could demonstrate you know the the, the flow of a transaction like the the flow of how you you envision this going with um you know someone actually utilizing this data in uh it, to, to train a model got it so um so what's the first question again? Uh, yeah, sorry. The the so the the first question was um, around uh, you know what's what's the funnel like? How are you essentially going to source all of this data to build up your network of networks? Um, so you know, like having built Madhive and this you know ad tech company, um, which is essentially you know we, we aggregate you know all the television ads basically in the United States, of America, and a couple other countries, and as well as data against them. You know. I've, doing that for six six seven years kind of understand what it and it's largely a human effort um and and uh social effort to basically kind of like get people to rally around you and what really helps in that context there is to have a significant amount of demand as well so you know we're, we're working we have a partner um in healthcare that's working with uh, a few different um uh government agencies to kind of do this kind of thing already and in, in, in the 
socialized healthcare countries, things like that, that there's actually a regulatory reason to get this to happen. And so there, so we're like kind of building up a demand source here to solve certain problems that, you know, has, has downward pressure from a regulatory point of view and just money for, for product development to like solve problems like in autism and ALS and things like that. And then, um, and so like kind of with that carrot, essentially it's just kind of old school sales, you know, like let's yeah. go talk to, you know, and I, and I have, and I have a bunch of access to a lot of those groups from, you know, the, the ad tech world and, cool. uh, and experience knowing how to do that. And so, um, you know, that's kind of stage one is like, Hey, I have this big carrot over here on board your data safely here. And, you know, we'll write you checks. And sometimes that requires money up front, you know, like, Hey, and sometimes it doesn't it just depends. It's all deal by deal. Um, and just being kind of smart about that there. Um, I don't think, especially at the enterprise world at this stage, you know, like it's always better to kind of start at the like really, really high end. And then you kind of like get scale. And then as it gets more and more, um, uh, you know, commonplace, then like people onboard themselves at, at a, at a lower level, you know, but that's, you know, probably a couple of years away. So that's how we do that there. And then, you know, you know, to answer your other question, like, you know, kind of how does it work from a flow point of view is that, you know, you know, there's, you know, I'll use ad tech as an example, because I think people understand it better. You know, so, you know, like, you know, a demand side platform like Madhive could use this to target television ads in a way, in another way there. The way it happens, the way it happens today is like, you know, I, I'm buying media, you know, from, you know, like from, you know, a, a, a show that people watch online on their computer or, you know, Apple TV, whatever like that. And then there's an IP address and other information that can get matched against that. And then there's companies that sell, hey, this person's, uh, you know, in market for a car. And the way they figured out they were in market for cars because like they clicked on a website article about buying a car, you know, in the past month, you know, and then now I can like buy that data. I can buy a thousand records for like a dollar, let's say, right? And that's not really high quality just because someone like clicked on a record. Was it the same, you know, if it, the, if it was the IP address in the household, which member of the household is watching TV, you know, there's a whole bunch of like problems there, but that's why it's cheap. And, um, you know, but let's say I wanted to start like layering in more information, like where, you know, let's say it's a company, we want to layer in like one of these, you know, a, a fitness tracker kind of information there where, you know, the, let's say it's a, you know, a, a Ferrari and Ferrari is like, Hey, I only, I want to target this ad to people that, you know, like work out and do this kind of stuff and things like that. Theoretically, I could buy data that of those people, but it would be better if I can say, Hey, I want people that who on their fitness tracker, have uh, hit 120, you know, over 20 minutes on their, you know, on their heartbeat, you know, in the past week, uh, consistently over the past six months. You know, that that kind of query, while it sounds cool, people would want to buy that. And that could happen not at that could happen like in one-offs by hand, but it wouldn't be able to happen over long long term. Um, because they're essentially the company that's providing the fitness tracker data, you know, it's like like they're not going to connect their data set to someone to an ad tech database. Um, but w- like with this kind of mediating federated technology, to, they could onboard their data into this thing in a privacy compliant way. We can do the match behind the scenes, but we can also basically what will happen is that we run that query of, you know, heartbeats of 120, yeah. our technology will say, they'll say that the, the weight of that fit of the fitness tracker data in answering this query was probably at 90% and 90% of the value of the dollars coming from this campaign and profit should be funneled to the company providing that data. And Perfect. that's, that's kind of how it. How it works. Oh, that sounds you no, know, that sounds great. And and in terms of you know 
the payments itself being a being, being a blockchain focused podcast uh, how, how are you guys doing it are you guys using you know payments on blockchain rails are you using traditional cards or like what, what is the what's the idea there we're not changing that was one of my learnings is you're, i'm not going to get fortune 500 companies to pay in ether tokens and things like that so the way that we kind of that just we we look at the use of our blockchain which is uh you know an, uh, an ethereum based sidechain um that that's a cost center for us the same way like google cloud is a cost center right like we yeah. can, instead of paying google bigquery i'm paying i'm buying alice tokens to like to basically store data on 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 this network and so you know when people pay for this data um or access to it we're getting remitted checks from you know the the ferrari to like get all this together uh we and we then use a big portion of that money to like pay for our cloud infrastructure costs which happens to be this blockchain network and so yeah. one of the main missions I have here in the crypto world is I want to drive significant dollars in like, you know, tens of millions a month in the future, um, you know, hopefully a lot more of new money into these public mainnets that is not based in speculation, but it's based in um, like, like public utility need, you know, and that's, and rather than giving that to Google, you know, give it back to the community, you know, in that way. Yeah. And, and you do that by essentially having traditional rails accept payments and then abstract away all of this stuff in the background, um, but doing it yourself to make sure the user experience is as seamless as possible. Yeah. And there'll be like, there'll be ways to access all this directly. And if like one of these companies, like it's, it's not a problem worth solving to get someone to change the way they pay, pay their bills. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not our. Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah. But no, that's a that that's a great answer. That's exactly you know what you look for um, in companies that are building you know in this side of the cycle where people have learned lessons from what's gone on before, what the mistakes people have made, and and how to essentially you know the user experience is actually the most important thing. Um, and people have really forgotten that previously. And I think that now you know we're starting to get a grip on it again. And and you know at least I've been emboldened a little bit by some of the things that I've seen the way that people are building now and and how they're prioritizing making things as simple for the end user as possible and it's great to see that you guys are, uh, are firmly on that journey as well yeah yeah 100% couldn't, couldn't agree more that that's it's like is it going to be used or not yeah you know it's like Instagram one put like the filter button first you know like like it's like just little things like that just focus on the core value that the uh, product team is building, not the outside stuff, you know? So, yeah. Perfect. No, I think, I think that's great. Um, so yeah, you know, I think um, it's been a fantastic run through, uh, through Valence. I'm, I'm super excited. I think that your idea is great. And I love talking about data, data structures. And, and, you know, I think that obviously data is cliche again, but data is the new oil, blah, blah, blah. And trying to enable that as um, seamlessly as possible is, is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, so th thanks so much for walking us, uh, through, through Valence and, and what you're trying to achieve and, you know, definitely pumping for you on this. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, just uh, in the next few minutes that, that we have left, I wanted to, to pick your brains um, and go back to to what I mentioned earlier around, you know, um, obviously you're on, we're on this side of the cycle at the moment, um, you know, in terms of uh, people building real products, people building things that are, is, uh, uh, that are actually moving the space forwards. Um, what 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 are you what have you been excited about? What have you seen that um, you know in terms of general themes, in terms of projects, in terms of um, you know what is being built out there? Um, what what are you excited about, and what what do you think is is genuinely um, a step change different from what we've seen before? Yeah, um, really good question. Uh, you know, so I kind of like since the last kind of boom cycle, 
Um, I haven't really paid too much attention to like a lot of the smaller projects here, just more, uh, you know, at, at kind of the overall trends that are happening mm -hmm. here. It's um, like really heads down and doing this kind of stuff. But, um, you know, like uh, the company, um, uh, Block Demon, who's the, the big uh, inf yeah. node infrastructure company, uh, that that's, you know, run by a close friend of mine. And I you know pay close attention there. I do believe an institutional cycle is coming up and, um, the idea that like governments and major institutions and and uh, enterprises around the world, you know, kind of like adopting these like node infrastructure, um, you know, in, in order to kind of just track things internally, externally, things like that. I do see that adoption happening, which you know, I think is like kind of needed this kind of like a, like kind of slow um, buildup of, you know, like just in case this stuff's a thing and we want to be ready for it and let's kind of build on it, which kind of makes it inevitable anyway. So I've been seeing a lot of that kind of happening. Uh, and then I've been, the one thing I have been somewhat paying attention to is like the evolution of the, the, the MEV world, um, and, mm. you know, what's happening there. Cause I think, again, that's like implementation or execution of like, uh, and like use of like product, you know, the way, the same way that like, you know, uh, uh, you know, like a Kim Kardashian uses Instagram to like build a billion dollar brand and like, and keeps trying and in, iterating, iterating new ways on this piece of like yeah. internet infrastructure. Is these like you know mathematicians and basically like traders building these mechanisms on this existing infrastructure to kind of extract and build value from and then like and and there's and such a, such a, like a cowboy you know world right now still in crypto and it probably always will be to a degree because of its you know permissionless nature you know like like how is it self-policing like how like what's fair and not fair um you know, and like, and those, those kind of conversations, you know, are really, you know, like kind of fascinating to me, like the people that the work that's happening at Flashbots and stuff like that is, uh, yeah. that's really where I find the really fascinating stuff going on there. You know, otherwise a lot of the, you know, you know, tech that's happening and new companies building, it's kind of the same thing over and over again to a degree, which is great because it kind of tunes the ideas, whether it's on privacy preserving tech or identity or this or that, like, like, you know, I've been reading those same white papers and ideas, you know, since, you know, like since 2016, you know, it's like not yeah. much except this, the MEV world and the idea of this massive adoption um, kind of seems like really important, to, really important uh, to the future. Um, so, you know, yeah, like I mean, attention to that. Yeah, I think that, that that makes quite a lot of sense. And that's a that, that's a very interesting answer. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been following what's been happening in that space a, a, a little bit as well. And, you know, um, obviously very interested in it. Um, we've written an article about MEV um, as well and, uh, you know, trying to break it down and trying to see what exactly the the developments are in that space and and with a lot of other kind of cutting edge tech, um, you know, uh, like zero knowledge proofs and, uh, and, and uh, you know, configurable privacy preserving protocols, things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, these are all foundational building blocks that are being built and I think that's great. Um, I think it's it's critical for them to be built up now, actually, um, so that the infrastructure is there for uh, you know people to build on over the next few years as well. Um, and yeah, no, I think that's uh, that, that, that's a great answer. And you know, wish we could have had more time um, on the podcast, honestly, to delve into um, the, the you know how how you're thinking, how you're thinking about the space, and um, and you know uh, and and things like that. But it's it's been an absolute absolute pleasure talking about valence talking about your uh, you know journey into um into this into this uh into the space and what you're trying to build um and what you're excited about and, and thanks thanks so much adam for for joining us on this uh episode of uh genesis block thanks so much for having me it was a lot of fun
Have a Cheers. wonderful day. Cheers. Thanks, everyone. Uh, see you next time. Thank <music> you.